1: Love Talk Radio,
2: Live from Southern California and broadcasting worldwide on Wealth Radio, a tax lawyer prescribing a dose of truth for entrepreneurs, a voice of common sense for the small business owner, and don't get him started on saving taxes. This is the Mark Kohler Show. Mark Kohler Show. Mark Kohler Show.
1: Well, welcome everybody to today's show. My name is Mark Kohler with my co host Matt Sorensen. Welcome everybody. <laughs> We're here talking about building wealth, saving taxes, protecting our assets. We've got a great topic today, a great guest, and boy, lots to cover today.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for the topic today, talking about creativity, and we've got a big name guest, someone with a lot of experience and expertise places and own some businesses we've probably all been customers at at one point in our life.
1: Yeah, I think many of, uh, many of you would be uh, fascinated with some of his anecdotes and stories and life experiences. I know I am excited to hear a lot about this. And I want to thank, uh, again, right here at the beginning of the show, thank everybody for finding the time to listen via podcast or live. We really appreciate uh, those that follow the show Um Please share it with your friends and family. We work really, really hard every week to come up with great topics, and uh, we've got some exciting announcements in the next uh, few weeks. We're still working behind the scenes with a, a new branding for the show and uh, a new f- show format that I think many of you will find exciting. So don't give up on us. You're gonna. You're, if you're uh, a little lackluster at times, you feel like, hey, they got to come through. Hey, we're gonna deliver. It's gonna be good. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And, I, and no one's more excited for the new show than me, so I'm super excited for it, and it's a pleasure to come on and co-host Mark, we still have the Mark Kohler Show, but uh, it's going to be
1: fun for the new show format. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, remember, folks, we're just, uh, you're uh, typically boring uh, CPA attorney types, so this is, uh, this is coming out of our shell as best we can, so don't expect too much. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, a... <laughs> Speaking of creativity, I I know that some of you are thinking, Hold it, we're gonna listen to a lawyer and an accountant talk about creativity. Uh, a little oxymoronic there, but maybe but Yeah,
0: baby, it applies to us too. We gotta think outside the box and um I think it's actually I I love the topic and Mark, this is your idea. This is your creative idea, just to even talk about creativity. Cause yeah. it is a little well, you, you may not think about it. How does this apply in business or my real estate investing? It's a big deal and I I thought about it and preparing for this show, I think it's uh something really for us to reflect upon and and uh be aware of because it can make a big difference in our business or in our investments.
1: Yeah, no, great, right on, right on. Well, um before we get to our regular uh tipsters, uh we've got a couple of guests coming on here initially to share some tax and legal tips with us. Uh we just want to go over the the newsletter and mention some of the important deadlines coming up uh gosh we got to start there there this is this is tax season we're in the heat of it um and there's a couple important tips that many of you listening have got to hear i mean this is big stuff
0: yeah i'll go ahead and hit some retirement plan tips i only got some tax deadlines too so as those those two items when we come up on april 15th we start hitting a lot of retirement plan deadlines for contributions and obviously um and the dreaded tax return deadlines. But uh, uh, for your retirement planning, just keep in mind, you can still make 2014 retirement plan contributions up until the 15th. So you have until April 15th to make your uh, traditional or Roth IRA contributions. um, Also, as, as noted in the newsletter, you can also make SEP IRA contributions up until April 15th. And um, for some clients, I actually just talked to a client the other day who wanted to do a 401K for 2014 and make 2014 contributions. That is not possible. You, for 401Ks, you must have had the 401K set up in 2014, but you could do a SEP contribution and then roll that into the 401K later. So um, be aware you got time still to make a 2014 retirement plan contribution to get money in on those contribution amounts uh, up until the 15th.
1: Yeah, and I think for business owners, you, at least with the SEP, we kind of call it the, I screwed up and I still have time to do something big plan. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. More if than you own a small bus- <laughs> yeah, so if you own a small business, uh, you're going to, and you want to put some big money away, uh, and I when I say big money, maybe two or three times that, what you might put in a basic IRA, you can still do the SEP up until the filing of your tax return. So filing an extension is fine and using the sep strategy you can backdoor into a 401k or ira later by kind of doing the the sep cleanup. Uh, we need to come up with a new acronym for the sep. I know it's the S has got to be yeah. screwed up <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the screwed up extra plan. That's what it's called. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. There you go. So, so, this is wrong with that. Yeah, we'll run with that. Um, but bringing up the keyword extension, there's a couple of videos on the newsletter and on my YouTube channel. Uh, Matt also has a YouTube channel. He's got to get back in the studio and, and shoot some more vids. I uh, resurrected one of my other videos from uh, last year, and it's an important video that all of you need to look at if you haven't already. And it's uh, titled, Should I File an Extension for My Business or LLC? So corporate extensions were just in March – but any of you out there that have an LLC with more than one member, don't forget, LLC extensions also have to be filed by April 15th. And if you miss it, the penalties are getting worse, and they're getting tougher to get out of. So make sure that you're talking with your tax professional on filing an extension for your business as well as your personal. And on the newsletter, we give the exact form numbers. Uh, we don't li- directly link to the IRS website, but it's not hard to Google those forms, print them out, file your extension, and uh, get those off. Um, big, Very, very important.
0: Yeah, and those extensions, Just, I mean, don't feel bad if you're extending if you've never done it before. I think some people are like, oh, no, I, I, I've never done that before. A lot of people do it. Uh, but also keep in mind, if you have tax owed, um, it's a good time to make a tax payment when you do the extension as well. Maybe estimate what taxes may be owed, um, because if you do owe a lot of tax and you're filing an extension, you could have some interest in penalties, which isn't the end of the world. Um, the extension is a priority, but also a good time to just think about maybe making an estimated payment as well.
1: I love it. And, and as Matt brings up taxes owed... There's also an article in the newsletter uh, that is so helpful, and it's uh, an article titled uh, What to Do If I Can't Pay My Taxes, written by yours truly, and this is an important article because a lot of people <laughs> uh, fall into the trap of, oh, I I can't pay my taxes, so I'm just not going to file, and we, we use the the ostrich strategy, I'll just stick my head in the sand and no one's going to notice, and I can just get away with it. Well, the IRS will notice, and they will get upset. Um, they are like a boyfriend or girlfriend that you cut off and don't return their calls anymore. They will want to know what's going on, and you're going to bump into them at Costco, and they're going to be upset, and IRS is going to be the same way. So people, if the penalties are worse if you don't file. Uh, rather than don't pay your taxes. So even if you can't pay, there are options. And I know there's many of you listening to this podcast today that have a sinking feeling in your gut saying, I may be able to pay by October, but I can't pay by next month, guys. What do I do? Read that article. Look at your options. It's always better to file an extension and file your tax return even if you can't pay. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I just wanted to
0: highlight an upcoming event um, that I do have coming up on um, out in the Orange County area. You know, it seems like I I spend more time out in Orange County than I do in Phoenix. I don't know why, Mark, but...
1: Well, it's the weather. The, the, <laughs> it's
0: the weather <laughs> and the people. The people are just so great. That's the people. Yeah, but I'll be speaking out there on April 9th at the Orange County Real Estate Investors Association. Uh, many of you may know Karen Hall, who runs that group. I'll be speaking out there. OCRIA, that's um Thursday evening. And um contact me for more details. It's at the uh the Wyndham Hotel on April ninth that evening. And the website yeah. OCRIA dot com
1: for details. And that was my oversight. That should have been uh, (laughs) in the newsletter last night. Many of you that follow us know that uh, Monday night is Mark and Matt writing blog articles and doing the newsletter and trying to get some info out for the week. So uh, that was an oversight. Uh, I'll take the heat for that. But uh, mark your calendars. Again, and this is uh, just next week. So if you uh, are in the area, this is a great club meeting to come out and network. And Matt will... Again, astound the crowd as usual, so it'll be good. Yeah, I'm going to give it my all. There you go. Um, okay, also, I wanted to throw this out. Before we get into our, our special guest, gosh, all these little tidbits. This is so fun. On the radio show, we talked a lot about how to hire a subcontractor. We had Lee Chen on as a specialist in this area. He's a real estate owner, a broker, and an attorney in our office. He's also been to court more times than I've watched Law & Order. So it's a, he's a really good resource for this. And we uh, followed up last week's show with an article co-written by Lee Chen on seven steps on how to hire a subcontractor. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of tips there on how to not get burned, how to be successful. Really, really important. And uh, I just want to highlight one point about that article. At the very end, the seventh or eighth tip, it was an eighth tip, but we tried to put it in the summary. And I I want to emphasize this because so many times Matt and I get on phone calls with people where they're in a lawsuit, they're in a fight, and it's really unnecessary sometimes. And the last tip that I put in that article was make sure that you work with your contractor honestly, fairly, and with respect. Um, Sometimes people go right into a subcontractor relationship that is going to be adversarial. You treat the contractor like a jerk. You you, you hold off payment until they do every little thing. And it it sets a tone for a really bad relationship. And so – Uh, as Matt has said many times before, I'm going to put some words in his mouth, and that is you negotiate like enemies and then operate like best friends. So when you're in the middle of building that contractor, you're going to be firm, you're going to be tough, not, not rude, but you're going to nail down that subcontractor agreement with all the issues addressed. And then once you ink it, Start treating your contractor with kindness, respect, and pay him when you say you're going to pay him. You start jerking around your subcontractor. There's no, it's not going to be a surprise. You're going to have problems. So, uh, really important article. So read into that. Matt, did I quote you properly? I want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do say that, huh? Um,
0: no, I, that's a that's a great point, and I think, um, you know. It, it is weird because in some ways you do feel almost like in an adversarial position. It's it's odd. Um, but those you work with um, that you treat like how you want to be treated, uh, once you're in operational mode, you're going to get way more out of them. You're going to be more pleased. They're going to be excited to do a good job for you. You don't want them to be dreading to do your work. Uh, on the list, and because with, with respect to contractors, that just means they don't get to you, or you know they're going to put their worst people on the job. So, um, yeah, great point. I think you do have to change mindsets there.
1: Yeah, let me just quote. Uh, how? When's that going to be done? Two weeks. Uh, I'll just quote that from Money Pit. Tom Hanks. If you if you haven't hired a <laughs> subcontractor lately, uh, <laughs> watch Money Pit. A classic. Um, all That's right. Classic. Well, let's. Get you- Let's jump into a tax tip here. Since it is tax season, we're going to kick it off with the one and only Chet Dalton, a regular contributor to the show. He's a superstar at our office. He's been with the firm for years. I know that many of you that uh, have your tax returns done at our office have used Chet as the PTC. That's the personal tax consultant rocking your world. So we're always excited to have Chet on the show. He's also a small business owner. We really don't want his business to be successful because then he would leave us. So we just want it to be moderately successful. Is that offensive, Chet? Are you okay with that?
2: Yeah, I suppose I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, We just want you to make enough money to, you know, get a little cruise out of it once a year, a little trip, a little write-off, and then get back to work.
2: Yeah, that's right. I only have it for the tax deduction anyhow, right? Yeah, see, there you go. You're living the dream right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me on. I appreciate you talking a little bit about extensions, um, about estimated tax payments with extension, hopefully ease a little bit of fears that some may have uh, about the, the looming deadline coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, it, what it, deadline? If, yeah, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Um, you, mean, you mean 904? They're playing next weekend? Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean the
1: final four that's none of the ones that were in my bracket? Yeah, that that final
2: four. Okay. Yeah, I think we, we all hit it pretty rough on the office pool, but somebody's going to win. I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, what do you got for us today? You got a
1: tip. You've been knee-deep in tax returns for days here.
2: Yeah, uh, weeks and months, uh, actually, but uh, today I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, job hunting costs um it's uh it's essentially it's about- uh a two percent deduction that if you itemize you can utilize um you know there's a lot of people out there looking for work and uh you know it may be worth it if you know that you itemize and you did some significant job searching to to maybe recreate those or or keep track of them if you're looking for a job this year um you know, Some of the key points of, of deducting the job hunting costs is so long as you're looking for a job in the same type of industry that you're working in right now, um, you can deduct the cost whether you get the job or not, um, so that's always a benefit to at least write it down if you're looking for some different employment. Um, you know essentially the he may think well, what kind of costs am I going to incur when looking for a job well mm-hmm. it, it depends uh, certainly if you're traveling to actually go interview with an individual or a firm um any transportation costs um we can we can take including mileage it's actually pretty generous uh, to give you 56 cents a mile which is the business deduction um for each for each mile you drive um some other costs maybe you know food um and some lodging if you're spending a night uh, possibly some airfare if you're you're flying in for a for an interview um you know if you have uh, a, an agency or a headhunter out there looking for you um, looking for you and providing you some jobs, we could probably take some expenses there. Um, and then also, you know, if you, any costs of printing any resumes, um, any business cards that you have, um, you know, postage, or if you're out there advertising yourself, you know, certainly uh, list that. It, it may make a difference in your tax. Now,
1: I, one of the regular questions I get here is what happens if you don't get the new job? Um, what happens to those expenses? Are they still deductible? What, what do you advise people to do there?
2: Yeah, absolutely, you know, so long as you uh, so long as you're looking for a job that is in somewhat of in the industry that in which you currently work, we can take the the expenses whether you get the jobs or not. So, um, you know, a lot of people like to actively look for better employment. Um they may not be unemployed, but you know, certainly if if you're out there employed and looking for employment, it it may be a consideration to keep track of those.
1: Gosh, I love it.
2: So what if
0: I want to be a scuba diving instructor, and I go on a scuba diving trip, and I'm unemployed?
2: <laughs> well, um, if you're going on a scuba diving trip, I don't know if that's part of the interview process. Well, I gotta be ready. I gotta be ready. I mean, um, that may be a stretch. Um, but, you know, we can certainly look into it if the, the expenses are, are significant enough to do the research to look into it. You know, it, it may be worth the time to to see. Um, you know, like I said, most times it's going to be traditional-type costs like travel. Sure, Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm some printing. To for, years, but yes, you are. <laughs> 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 That's all right. Um, I get that question. That's the question I'm going to get
0: on a consult. So
2: Right. You <laughs> know, in that case, I would probably take the conservative route. Um, you know, like Mark says, if first thing what you're going to try to do is certainly, if you're a small business owner, is, is rather than taking job hunting costs, you know, maybe we can apply this to the business that we already run. Um, that will give you a better deduction anyhow. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you're absolutely limited to the Schedule A deduction, um, you know, we can look at it and see whether or not it makes a difference.
1: I like it. You know, what's kind of nice here, too, is that we talk a lot about business travel and taking advantage of it, and we leave a lot of those W-2 corporate employees out in the cold. So this is a good one for some of you out there that maybe haven't actively started that full small business yet, and your rental properties, you're not able to go check on those all the time where they're not where you'd like to go. Um, this is a good one, and it doesn't hurt to be having your resume out there as long as your current employer doesn't find out about it. and. and start grilling you. That's a great tip. I like it. Yeah, good tip. Love it, Chet. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, well, thank you. I know you're getting back to work. Busy, busy, busy time. And uh, that's Chet Dalton, folks, PTC at k and Thanks, Chet. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right, well, we
0: got tax and legal going here. So um, let's move over to our legal tip now. And we have... The one and only Kevin Kennedy, who occupies the um, east wing of the Phoenix office. Um, <laughs> that's kind of known. I think that's isn't that where like the vice president is? Like I'm I'm west wing in the Phoenix office, but Kevin's the east wing. It, Anyhow, uh, I think that's right, <laughs> right, Kevin?
1: Yeah.
3: All right, so I'm the VP. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Don't take anything you get. Watch out. Uh, Are you more like a
0: Cheney VP or like a Biden VP? That's what I want to know.
3: More of a, yeah, I don't know. I won't answer. No comment. (laughs) You Uh, take preemptive
1: action on a regular basis, so it's probably more of a Cheney type. More of a Cheney, yeah. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I agree. Uh,
0: Um, Well, Kevin, thanks thanks for being on here. wanna get a squeeze a legal tip out of you and uh maybe give some advice to some of the listeners out there. What do you got?
3: Yeah, it's good to be on with the uh the dynamic duo. Appreciate it. So um alright, real quick, so uh a recent experience I had, so I was talking to a, a good friend of mine. And yes, Mark, I have friends. So uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, let's not get uh, ahead of ourselves here. Sorry. <laughs> you gotta slow down, Tiger. <laughs> Anyway, oh, he's right. okay. So in this, okay. So let's just say in this hypothetical example, <laughs>
0: your yeah, friend, says, <laughs> the, no,
1: so my friend was arrested, and <laughs> he
0: needed. <no. laughs>
1: yeah. I went All to right, the right. pharmacy for <laughs> some ointment, and they said, "Okay, okay finish the sentence." <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you guys are, I
3: I shouldn't do that. You guys, you guys. Uh, Get ADD and you go on your tangents. All right, I'll continue. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Sorry.
3: So, so they uh, this this buddy of mine who is real. I can give you his name after our call. Um, he he, uh, he wanted me to do his estate plan. So, you know, I said that's easy. Just give everything to me. He didn't think that was funny. I was just kidding, of course. But um, <laughs> we talked about how you know he needed a will, and uh, and that's because he has young children. And so you know, for those of out there who have young kids, if you don't have a will, that's the document you would want to have uh, so that you can name who's going to be the legal guardian of your kids in the event of your death. But what was interesting in our conversation is that uh, he had this preconceived notion, I guess, that uh, because he wasn't, you know, quote-unquote wealthy, that uh, he didn't need a trust as part of his estate plan. You know, I mean, he has a good job, he owns real estate, he has a retirement account, so Uh I wanted to... Quickly, kind of just talk about you know when is it a good idea to start thinking about a trust? If if it is a good time, what type of trust may may you find yourself in? But also, if you if you already have a trust, is it the right type of trust for you? I mean, I know this is a big topic, but I just wanted to make three points really quick.
1: I, I like it. Uh, I think yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I thought that Mark was going
0: to was going to jump in, so I just say, "Wow, you're going to make three quick points on that topic. Like people write like a, like volumes of books on that, but yeah." And
1: I think we should point this out in light, and I'm sorry, I, I was going to go more with it too, and I'll just say in light of the fact that Robin Williams' family is in court this week in L.A. since I watched the news extra, um, we've got uh, a big battle going on where Robin Williams could have done a better job with his estate plan. It's already been in the news multiple, multiple times in a tragic situation there, of course, but it's only getting more tragic because the planning was not detailed enough, and it's, uh, it's kind of ugly. So, yeah, so what are these three tips what could What could the average individual draw from that
3: okay all right well, well, point number one, you know, to my buddy's conversation who who thought he didn't need a trust because he wasn't quote unquote wealthy, you know at least off the top of my head, I can think of you know fifteen different types of trust, so you know my buddy, he had been doing some reading online and uh and he was reading about some exotic type of trust. Which Which probably is for you know the quote unquote wealthy, but you know when we talk the typical type of trust that we're we're usually referring to you know the kind that you put in your in your diagrams mark um is your just vanilla regular standard you know revocable living trust which which isn't just for the wealthy because you know as you as you guys talk about um, when you do your presentations, the purpose of the revocable living trust is to avoid something that affects everyone, not just the wealthy, and that something is probate. So, I think if someone is is asking themselves the question, well, when do I need a trust? Um, If you're at a point where you own real estate, if you have a retirement account, if you have ownership in the company, you know, you should should probably be thinking about uh, a revocable living trust at at that point. And also, if you have a blended family, which are, which are becoming more common, you probably want to consider a trust because with a the, with the properly drafted trust, you can balance, you know, kind of the interest of, of the children from your prior marriage with the interest of your current spouse. So, that, so that's point number one is that the revocable living trust isn't just for the wealthy. And if you have real estate, if you own property, if you're in a blended family, you're probably at a point where you're, you probably want to start considering a revocable living trust
1: love it. yeah it's right. so important low In threshold you have a you
0: have a you have a home you need to revoke a living trust i mean if you own that house you pass away it's going to go to probate so and i think a lot of people think well i'm not i'm going to set my trust up later well you're going to die at some point, and you only need the trust once why not just do it now um so it's just one of those things you just gotta get on your list and get it done. But uh all right, what do you got for the next tip though?
3: Okay, I'll 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 be quick. So point number two is for those you know, if you already have a trust. So if you already have a trust but it's been a while since you set it up, I think it's probably a good idea to, to make sure that it still fits your situation. Because you know for a time, as you guys know, it was popular and it, and it still is in some circumstances. It was popular to set up a certain type of revocable living trust where you know it subdivides into sub-trusts upon your death. But the truth is you know that may or may not be the right type of trust for you uh, based on your current situation. So I think it's a good idea just to check in with your estate planning attorney uh, and make sure that that type of trust still fits your situation. I also think it's a good idea to at least be somewhat familiar with your trust and, and have a basic understanding of how it works. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, that you need to understand every word in the trust. You know, just like like I always say, you know, I don't, I don't know what my mechanic actually does when he works on my car. But similar to a car, it is important that you understand at least how your trust works in general terms and you know how it, how it operates. So that's point number two if you already have a trust. You know, is it is it the right type of trust for you? Do you understand how it works? Is it working for you? And kind of just getting a checkup.
1: Fantastic points. I, and, you know, I know it's hard to uh, – I, I just want to add another insight here is that on these tips and points, I, I just got off a phone call an hour ago with a client that said, yeah, i got to get my estate plan done. It's such an easy thing to procrastinate, and it's not comfortable to talk about – And back to Robin Williams, I'm sure when he was contemplating suicide and the depression he was going through, the last thing he wanted to worry about, oh, let me plan my estate. So everybody's in a different place emotionally, financially, and uh, and in their family. But uh, when you have those lucid moments, and you're (laughs) lucid, when you're having those moments where you can work on your estate plan and not have it be Uh, emotionally overwhelming take the time to write up something Um, i think it's uh, very very doable you can always modify and change it and i like what you said kevin there's a key word you said in that whole thing when you started it's a revocable living trust revocable meaning hey if you wake up a year from now and you want to change it you can but for heaven's sake get something down now so that way you're covered so important stuff
3: Absolutely. Kevin, all right. Well, what?
1: I hey, All right. I'll uh
3: I'll be available if anyone, you know, has any questions. So,
1: you bet call all that right. mysterious friend of yours and go to lunch. Good luck. <laughs> so. I'm sure he's available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that was good. All all right. That, all
0: was, right. I'm up fun. Here that right was nice. Kevin uses that mysterious friend to get out of lunch with me
1: all the time. Oh, oh. <laughs> dude. I got something scheduled with a friend already. Sorry. Yeah, the the other day he pulled that. I gotta leave early to meet my friend for lunch. Yeah. Well, alrighty. All, righty. all well, right. Kevin, thanks. We appreciate it. We'll catch you in a while. Keep keep planning people's estates. We love it. Ye- all time. right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Folks, if you need to get a hold of Kevin, uh, you can reach him at Kevin, K E V I N at K K O S Lawyers dot com. He can send you a questionnaire, have a consult, and he'd love to be your friend. So he can always <laughs> use a, a phone call. So phone a friend; Kevin will be there for you. Um, yeah, well, he let's just talk charges about by the hour though. But it, he does charge by the hour. I don't know what a friend does like that. Um, <laughs> hey. Uh, well, let's talk about this creativity topic. Uh, before we bring on our special guest here in a little while, we wanted to really dive into this. And I know Matt, you had some thoughts you prepared on how your you find your creative juices and how you get things going. I've got a few mm-hmm. thoughts here, but uh, why don't you tell us first what you what you came up with? Yeah. Well, I
0: you know as I was thinking about creativity, I. I had a uh, there's a a great book that I'd read. Uh, I'm actually in the process of reading by a guy named Seth um, Godin, who some of you may know him. He's he's pretty popular business um, creativity type Godin, guy the writer. Yep. Godin. Well, it's a yep. one z one o, so I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but you're right, Godin, Seth Godin, yeah. So yeah. um, but. You know, I looked at some of his stuff and I just was trying to reflect on myself and um one of the things that I previously read about his was um he talks about creativity and how um if you're not willing to implement an idea, that's not creative. If you have an idea but you don't do anything about it, you're not willing to implement it, that's not creativity, that's a waste. So, um I think a, a lot of times we look at I need to be more creative. But we're not practically creative. And sometimes I find this with um, friends of mine or, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you're a lawyer, you're a business owner, let me bounce this idea off of you. And this isn't even clients, but, you know, just, just people I come across. And a lot of times I'll see, that's a great idea, but are you going to do something? Are you going to implement that idea? And I think a lot of people are like, well, no, I just, maybe someone wants to buy this idea, you know. Um, but there's no market for ideas. Um, you know, look at think of a book, you know, if you have an idea for a book, if you're not willing to write it, that that creative idea is basically being wasted. No one's going to buy that idea in general. So, um and you think of all the creative companies we've had over our last decade. Facebook, Twitter, Chipotle, whatever it is. The people that had the idea executed the idea and acted on it um and i don't care if you you know from henry ford to steve jobs those are all creative people but they're also people who acted on the idea and so um, i just want to make that initial point that you have to be willing to act and follow through on the ideas and the one thing i hate the most what i hear all the time about creativity is people like well i'm more of an idea guy well the idea guys that has little value the idea guy needs to act on it and uh, and that's when creativity really pays off that's my uh you know that's my little stump speech to get us started here
1: well and i think um uh, what people people have excuses when it comes to creativity i think you bring up a great point and the one that i've heard a lot of people say is well i'm not just a creative person i'm not creative Mm -hmm. by nature it's really hard for me to create be creative and and frankly i i want to say um I don't buy that. I, I, what I want to do is encourage many of you to, to, to take this this basic step. And this is something I talk about in my uh, book, What Your CPA Isn't Telling You. And as a CPA, I meet so many business owners. And we talk, Matt and I both talk to so many clients about their business ideas and concepts. There's so many people that are laying in bed at night, driving down the road and have ideas. <clears throat> the trick is, writing down those ideas when you have them. It's so easy to forget them. Mm -hmm. I have a yellow pad that's literally in the door of my uh, uh, car, and I can pull it out and make a note while I'm driving. And also, I have my little strategic plan and marketing plan I carry with me everywhere. And when I have an idea, I write it down in there. And then when I can focus more or have a lucid moment, sometimes I'll look at those notes and go, oh, that was a dumb idea. Or I'll go, you know what, I'm so glad I remember to revisit that. And so I think people would, um, all of us would be more creative is if we were taking notes when we have those creative ideas and being willing to revisit them. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think all of us have some
0: – instances of creativity I, I don't consider myself necessarily a creative person but I a lot of times I do have those ideas and and then a week later I'm like what was I thinking about and I totally lost it it's gone <laughs> but I knew I had it yeah. I knew I struck lightning you know I, I knew there was something happened that was great that but I just what was that idea
1: it's gone yeah and I, th- I think like you said Matt if people are unwilling to take um initiative with create with a creative idea and i and I think there's two things that kind of hold them up. one is fear that oh that's a bad mm-hmm. idea. I don't want to take that idea and and now it could be a new product in your business line. It could be a whole new business, it could be a idea for marketing your business and you just you just are uncomfortable with it. sometimes selling is uncomfortable for so many people, and ideas generally revolve around how can I make my business better? Is it a new logo, mm-hmm. a new color, a new design, a new something um but here's what I wanted to throw out here, which is still related to that chapter where I talked about carrying around your strategic plan is, and that is having a a board of advisors, a team, this little brain trust that you take to dinner once a month or once a quarter. Write down your ideas, and then when you go out with those friends and partners and, and folks that you bounce ideas off of, And you're going in with a willingness to change (laughs) and a willingness to implement them. Bounce Mm -hmm. these ideas off people. Maybe your idea is terrible. I think sometimes people will take an idea, implement it, find out it is terrible after, and they go, well, there you go. I'm never going to implement an idea again. You've got to bounce these ideas off people because maybe it is a bad idea. But uh, having a second opinion and having that brain trust that you can turn to is so important when you're trying to be creative.
0: Yeah, and another thing I just want to point out, too, is um, I think a lot of us think, well, maybe I'm not in a creative industry. You know, creativity is like, you know, that's art or music or technology, and I'm just not in those business industries. But I have to say, I think some of... And I have business clients in all different types of business industries, but I think some of my most creative clients are real estate investors. And these are people who are... Doing creative deals, whether there's creative financing being involved, creative terms in the contract um creativity in bringing different parties together um and, and just finding a solution that solves a problem and um I'm always amazed sometimes I'll get on a call with a client and you know I'm drafting some agreement or 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 involved in some deal and, and I'm hearing some of these terms, and I just like, "How did you even think of that and And some of my most successful clients i and i and I think can't we just do a standard form contract on this? And, you know, your legal fees would be a lot cheaper. But they're putting together these creative deals and coming up with these terms that make a deal work. And and it's a big difference maker. And I think the those creative ideas and being open to those, and I think it's people who say, you know, when a, a deal can't work or whatever it may be, they find a way. And it's a lot of times it's finding a creative solution to get a deal to work.
1: Well, I um, being determined, I love what you're saying there. I'll just say it a different way, mm, is that yeah. being committed to creativity is so important. Um, uh, one thing I've uh, read on topic and many times is that um, to be creative, sometimes you have to schedule the creativity too. You need to schedule the time to get away. I think, Matt, and you and I experienced it, this just this last week. Uh, mm-hmm. For those that were able to attend our summit, uh, we had this tax and uh, real estate summit over here in Orange county this past saturday and by the way everyone it 's uh the show is being uh, or I should say the event has was recorded, and we 'll have it on a website where those of you that want to still um, um, purchase it and listen to it for the or watch it for the whole day it 's it was phenomenal it was but awesome. uh, anyway when yeah, it was great, but when Matt was here, he and i said hey let 's get together and let 's strategize for the next few months and see what 's going on and it's really hard when there's a lot of commotion and things going on, and I think to be creative, you have to set aside some time, turn off the white noise, turn on, unplug, turn off the phone, and just get in a zone where you can let those juices flow. You're not going to be creative in the middle of the day when you're putting out fires, solving emails, going to rushing to lunch, and then, oh, I've got to have a great idea. It's not going to happen. You've got to, uh-huh. you've got to be in a zone where it can, it, creativity is set free. Amen. you got to be in the car on the way to the ocean,
0: on the surfboard, on the way back. That's where 80% of our no. best ideas come
1: up. <laughs> now, <laughs> okay, so Matt tells the real story. That's uh, right. Hey, we have it's our board it's meetings. A proven strategy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our board meetings consist of two surfboards in the water, not sitting around a, a conference uh, room table and in a boardroom. That's that's how it happens. Uh, so it, I think um, setting aside that time, and of course, I, I'm going to just throw this out. Everybody has heard this before: whiteboarding, doodling. Um, it's it, you know, it's it's a great time when you're in that um, brainstorming session to just throw out any idea. Um, get out there if and this is where again you can make a list of ideas you have to increase sales come up with a new product how to motivate my employees how to motivate yourself whatever those ideas are write them down and then take that board of advisors out that team whether it's your spouse your friend brother sisters and go out and say hey i've got these nine ideas ten ideas what do you think what which one do you like and uh, and which ones do you hate? And you have, don't don't be afraid of throwing down any idea. I think it's it's really important.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, well, I, I, okay. I, I don't know if we we had ahead, guessed
0: yet or not. I had a I had a final thought on creativity. You let me know. When you want to bring on the well, guest, I know, though, Mark?
1: But. Well, well, oh, I've been in touch with Lisa in the studio here, and uh, we might uh, be—he uh, might be having some connectivity problems. So we could very well uh, keep on this topic ourselves for the remaining portion of the hour. We've only got about twenty minutes left. Let me throw this out to our listeners. If any of you have a suggestion on how to be creative, we would love to hear about it. Uh, when did you have that? revelation in your business that helped take it to the next level. How did it happen? And um, uh, and you could type something. We've got a lot of live listeners today right on the chat line. Please feel free to type something on the chat line if you have a feeling or thought. If you're listening live, you can press the number 1. And come out on uh, – Lisa pick up your call, and we'd love to have you join us. Um, Matt, when was, the, huh? when was the most creative moment in your life? I'll just put you on the spot. When did you – have a great idea. I oh, it was when you said I'm going to partner with Mark Kohler. That was yes, that was that? that was genius. <laughs> yeah,
0: life-changing. No, yeah, it's uh oh,
1: that's that's
0: actually, there's a lot a lot of truth to that. I mean, you know, I think um all of us are in different circumstances. We have different businesses, different opportunities that arise, and um I'll I'll just give I'll give one example here and this is you know I, I like I said, I don't consider myself a quote unquote creative person, but I'll just get a little personal here about it is that um you know when we started working together uh Mark and I back in two thousand and six, I was like the first attorney started working for mark, you know he's already been in practice, had a, a successful practice going, and um i I Thank tried you. to yeah I tried Perfect. to find something that I could use to distinguish myself. And because, you know, I mean, everybody loves Mark Kohler. So I had to find something that could set myself apart and and, and something I like doing. And so I found the self-directed IRA legal work. It was something that not a lot of people knew about and we had a lot of demand for. And I, I felt like there was a big void there. And it, it needed someone to just go out there and... Stake a claim in it, really, and and that's that's what I did with my book, and that was the impetus of writing my book, and um, it turned out to be a great decision for me, and and um, and and that you know I, how creative that idea was, but you had to think of what's the pathway through to make out a stake in this area and be known as an expert in the area, and um, and finding the right thing to do. A lot of times, that there's a lot of creativity in that. What's the pathway to go? And uh, and and that's what I did. And um, there's actually I've, I've had to be reflecting on this recently because I, I mentioned to Mark, but I have a Attorney at Law magazine is doing a profile on me and my practice, uh, which is going to be coming out in May about how to create a niche practice. And this goes out to lawyers that you know t- teaches people how to create a niche practice. And I'm kind of going to be featured in that, which is exciting for me. But um, but that took a little bit of, of creative juice, a little a little personal. But uh, I don't mean it to toot my own horn. But that was just a one of my better decisions. Now I've had creative decisions that weren't that awesome, to to put it nicely, and uh, and and you learn from those. But we'll um, personal space yeah, for I, you, Mark.
1: Yeah, no, I I love it, and it's a thank you for the um, the compliments there at the beginning of that, and I uh, I've loved what you've done with that differentiation. So let me throw out another idea here um, for for those that are. Again, trying to find that creativity in their business and trying to change things up. One of the one of the best things I found for myself and it has been kind of out there is uh, and is go look at your competitors. Go out and go shopping and walk around. I love to watch commercials of other um, businesses and go, man, that could be a great you know strategy for us or a great commercial. Uh, I'm a huge Matthew McConaughey fan, and so. Uh, <laughs> I, uh when his um Lincoln <laughs> Commercial came out that, huh? like i am admitting that i'm i you know i'm a fool's gold fan i I love that <laughs> show um. <laughs> Like maybe it's because of Caribbean, Matthew McConaughey, you know, it's great. But anyway, um, when he came out with his Lincoln commercials and he's driving through the city and talking about how he had to find himself in Detroit and he's pulling those parallels between life and Detroit, I thought those were awesome. And I was like, oh, my gosh, i gotta, I got to get my camera and go screw around and drive around in my leaf and just, like, be funny. And then, of course, <laughs> within weeks, you know, Saturday Night Live spoofing McConaughey. So I was like, gosh, someone else had it. But – um but I, I I think it's fun to to go out and walk around uh, other competitors' stores or businesses and see what they're doing. I subscribe. I, I want everybody to know this. I subscribe to every competitor of mine, their newsletter. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see what articles they're coming up with, what ideas they're coming with. And um, a lot of times they're the inspiration for something that I felt I could do better and be being creative is sometimes just the act of going out and saying, putting yourself in your consumer's shoes, and saying, "What would they want? What would they, what they could they use, and how can I show that?"
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think
1: I think that's a great idea. Is
0: uh, and you look at a lot of the successful companies out there. Um, a lot of times, it's not the first company that hits that space. For example, um, you know that that that. That thinks of some product or, or creates an entire industry. Uh, sometimes it's the, the second or third or fourth company that gets into it, and they've they've been able to look at what everyone else is doing and um, and then do a better job and pick up on what they're doing right and incorporate some some things that can maybe set them apart. I think that's a that's a great idea. And I think creativity is there's a lot of stuff out there. And in in some ways, I think we have information overload. We have too much information out there in our in our time right now, and the the most creative of people are the ones who can take that information and see what is what really matters and find and figure the value in it, and then use that valuable information to um, or strategies or or, or or techniques or whatever it may be out there in your business, and and implement those and and be smart enough to differentiate what's
1: not going to work. And, uh, Oh, and Matt, on that note of differentiating what could work or couldn't work, and this is something on our marketing plan that Matt and I have talked about doing, some of you may see this in the future, is testing your ideas. If you've got a creative idea and you're not sure if it's really going to fly or whatever, um, set up a little beta test. Um, Throw it out to a few customers of yours. Throw it out to, and this is maybe where you're, again, brainstorming with your customers. Your board of advisors and doing a little tax deductible dinner or barbecue, and you're giving ideas to them. But also put it out into the marketplace. We see this with large corporations all the time. They'll test an idea in a particular market and they won't let it go anywhere else. A classic one of this is if you go over to Hawaii, what I love going to Hawaii is like some of you may not know this, but the menu at McDonald's is very different. Um, There's spam on the menu, there's plate lunches on the menu. I'm like, hold it, McDonald's does spam. What are you talking about? This is crazy. <laughs> um, and so um, there's different markets for different strategies and different products, and you can always test yours. One of the ones that I've loved is doing surveys. Doing a survey can be a wonderful way to get the reaction or the input and feedback from your customers. Matt and I have done that a few times in our, in our, uh, with our clients over the years, but we could do mm-hmm. a lot more of it. And one of the best websites for this is SurveyMonkey. Uh, surveymonkey.com. It is uh, generally free. You can do a kind of a basic survey for free. And then if you love it, you can pay a little bit more and get more uh, uh, complex surveys put together. But it's very affordable. And I think many of you out there are thinking, what could I do? Set up a survey. Email blast your group. Throw it out on Facebook even. Hey, what do you guys think? Should I do this or that? And you'll be astounded at the response of what your followers and your friends will tell you.
0: Yeah, and I, I just want to jump back on um, creative ideas and, um, and I, my earlier point that I made about acting on creative ideas. I love what you're saying about, you know, once you have an idea, you want to be able to test it. And um, don't put all your resources or money into it yet until you've, you've kind of tested it through friends and family, surveys. You know, find all the resources you can to test that idea before you put your blood, sweat, tears, and money into it or other people's money. and um, yeah. But uh, at the initial phase, and this is just, you know, I'm just doing some personal reflection, I think, is what I thought about creativity and what we're going to do for the show today is, um, it, and you said this earlier, Mark, it really needs to be scheduled. You've really got to plan for it and give yourself the time to do it. Um, if you don't, you're going to be just keeping going on, doing exactly what you're doing, and all of, our, all of our businesses, whatever business or line of work we're in, the techniques change, um, the technology changes. You know, think, of, think of real estate you know even just, uh, we have, I have so many real estate clients. Think of the real estate strategies that were being used even four months even just four years ago. I mean, four years ago, people were still figuring out, how do I do a short sell? How can I, as an investor, how can I pick up a property on short sell? buy it from a bank, negotiate that, and turn around and sell it for a profit. I mean, when we started helping clients do that years ago, y- you would talk to a lawyer at a big law firm or, or you know some, some seasoned real estate investor, and they're like, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? How are you doing this? And But, but then yet yeah, we had hundreds of clients at the time out there doing that and finding a niche that was very, very profitable at the time. And it, ju- it took a lot of creative deal structuring, figuring out the rules of the road, you know, staying in compliance legally, and then finding the right partners to get it done. And so that was a I think a very creative time for investors when the market was crashing and, and just finding the opportunities. And then the market changed, you know. There's not that there's not there's probably a tenth of the short sales going on right now. And so what's the how has the strategy changed? you know and a lot of those investors at least of mine have changed into rehabs and doing fix and flip type properties because property values have still increased but there's a lot of properties not taken care of when the market crashed and so the strategy's changed a little bit but um but I think being adaptive to where the market is um is really important you got to stay keen on that the more information and knowledge you have on the market the better your ideas are going to be about how to make money from it and, and finding creative strategies to uh to uh, make money on wh- whatever market you're in.
1: I that's a great point. And I want to go back. I'm, you know what? I'm I you know, I feel bad we ha- we had a great guest planned today and uh we've heard that he's had some really um um Technical issues, and so he's not able to call in. It was Gene Landrum, founder of Chuck E. Cheese, and uh, creativity, and all ha- you know how he came up with his ideas to brand something completely new. We think it's commonplace now that you go into a pizza place, there's games and and all these sorts of things, but that was a new idea back in the in the '80s, and so. We were hoping to hear from him, but maybe we'll have him back another time. But with that said, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Matt's a genius. I love his thoughts. And hopefully we've shared something that some of you have found helpful today. But I wanted to throw out uh, a comment um, from Barbara Corrin. She's uh, one of the hosts on Shark Tank. And being part of Entrepreneur Magazine and the Entrepreneur Events, some of you have seen that when I got to speak at Entrepreneur, um, Barbara has been the speaker usually before me. I've uh, had to follow on her coattails at some of these events, and I want to point out Matt's The feedback is that my my class was better, but I want to say that yeah. she is, uh, well, she's, that's she's just opening a few, up for you. It the sounds company. like she's she's your opening act. So that's right. She's opening for me. So, um, but she's really bright and she's so successful. She's I like her style on Shark Tank too. She's very insightful. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that she said, and when she gives her little speech, and I've sent her. Um, classes before, and I really enjoyed them, and she tells the story of how she really built it big in real estate as a broker in uh, New York City, and some of her interactions with Donald Trump when she was fighting her way to the top. They're kind of some fun, fun stories, but one of the things that she teaches, and she talks about this a lot on Shark Tank, if you, you can feel this uh, and hear it as an undertone in a lot of her comments, is she says, to be innovative, uh, plan to make mistakes, plan to fail. When you're being creative and you're throwing ideas and is it going to stick or whatever and you're throwing it on the whiteboard, is it going to work or not? This is where being fearless is so important. Uh, You've got to come up with ideas. Yeah, you want to test them. You want to bounce them off your key people around you. But she always says, plan to fail. It's going to happen. And she jokes about this all the time. She's very gregarious and happy. And every time she presents because she says, I just laughed it off. I made, I made a mistake. I lost some key people or I lost some money here. But she goes, it was, you know, that's going to happen. And some of our best innovation comes from failure. And I think some of you that may be listening today that are scared about innovation and scared about being creative and I don't want to test a new idea um, because it might fail, hey, that could be one of the best things possible is to to take what you learn from the failure and go, oh, this is what my customers really want. And boom, and the whole thing blows wide open. And if you're not willing to take risks, you're not going to be innovative. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think on
0: uh, on this note, too, you do have to take risks. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, too, about trying to test those ideas with people you know. But I think a lot of people have a mentality of, you know, well, you know that's that's a dumb idea, you know, or I think a lot of I don't know what it is, but i just I've seen this with friends and family is a lot of people like to crap on other people's ideas um mm. I don't know and sometimes it's your closest friends or family that you feel like you can do that with and and i've I've just seen it even amongst family members and i I'm the total opposite i'm I'm like when someone has an idea, I'm like, go for it what are you gonna what are you gonna lose?" some time, some effort, and you're probably going to learn something in the process if you do fail. And, um, you know, as we were getting ready for our guest today, um, Gene Landrum, I, I did a little bit of research on him, and he tells a great story, which I'll just I'll share so we have a, you know, a little bit of Gene Landrum on the show today. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, yeah. He was the founder of Chuck E. Cheese, and this is a point in his business. He had five stores, so he had five locations going at the time. And he was growing. He was in a, a major growth change right then. And was trying to figure out how to grow the business. And he was talking to executives of a hotel chain and, and getting some advice, seeing how they could work together. And this hotel chain owns 1,600 hotels. Um, and he was telling them about his business. And they said, and the first thing they said is they told him, I don't know how you can run a business and try to grow a business when you have a rat giving out pizza to kids he said, he said, "We spend all of our time trying to get rats out of our hotels and <laughs> um and and but how can you have a rat giving pizza to kids, and how does that work and you know he he had some reflection on that you know at that time it was like, oh, what does this guy know that I don't know but then you know he didn't he didn't take that advice obviously, and he he reflected back and thought. You know what, I have a business that's that that has a profit for a pizza place way off the charts per location. And he had a model that was working. And he talks about how there's a lot of people you're gonna face out there when you have ideas who are gonna just tell you, Oh, you can't do it and are gonna give you some a reason like that of, you know, that might have some logic to it. About about why it won't work or that you can't do it, and and uh, and you need to be able to have confidence in your ideas and and willing to follow through on them. And, uh, and as Mark said, you know, take a little risk. You know, sometimes it might fail, but what have you lost? I mean, you know, you, I think all of us would rather live a life of 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 testing our ideas and 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 living up to them rather than being scared of them. And and not executing or following through on some of our, our hopes and dreams and, and ideas that we do have.
1: Yeah, well, better try to, and know that it failed rather than dream that that could have been my big break and I never took that leap of faith. Um, so, yeah, it's like Shakespeare, right? Crazy. Better to, or is that
0: Shakespeare? Better to have loved and lost than to not have loved loved at all? Or who, who said that? Oh, no, that's man. Chaucer. Oh, I don't know. I man, don't know. Man, I'm nice. probably going to get killed on the chat board here for,
1: for not knowing that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Well, uh, gosh, I I hope, thank you, I want to bring kind of some closure here and say thanks to everybody for listening in today. Hopefully we've released some of your creative juices and we appreciate all of you that listen in from time to time and please continue to share the podcast. Get to YouTube. Please uh, subscribe to our videos. Uh, You can uh, just type both of our names, either one, Matt Sorensen or Mark Kohler in uh, YouTube and we're there for you and We'll be here next week. I think we've got the open forum coming up next week. So send in your questions. Uh, we'll send you a link here soon, and we'll be here next week.
0: Thanks, everyone. Looking forward to next week, open forum. And looking forward yeah. to being on with Mark again. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, uh, we will we will be here ready to rock and roll and uh, talk about your American dream. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you next Tuesday at 11 a.m for another show about uh, building wealth, protecting our assets, and saving some taxes. Enjoy tax season, folks.